This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Welcome back to Create the Next. I'm Chris Bentliff and Jerry Leitzen from Pro CFO Partners is with us today. Jerry, I'm excited for this conversation because um, we're talking about new trends in manufacturing. And I always think, especially coming out of the last, I don't know, what do we want to say, three years, um, understanding where we're headed, the vector, the trajectory, the new trends in anything that we're doing is really important, but especially manufacturing with how, I don't know, supply chains got so discombobulated and 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 the way that we were used to doing business, uh, the precipitation of that evolution uh, was quickened, but I'm certainly more interested in your perspective on this stuff because you're the expert. So let's uh, let's talk about it. Welcome. And what are some of these new trends in manufacturing? Yeah, well, I mean, you you mentioned it right off the bat, Chris. Uh, three years ago, you know, big changes to the supply chain overall um, caused a lot of disruption in the market. I mean, you're you're talking about um, a lot of vulnerabilities that were really exposed right when COVID hit. Major countries shut down. Um, a lot of manufacturing happening in those countries, which caused a global effect across the board. Um, in several different areas. I mean, you think about um, equipment shortages in the medical field and uh, automotive, everybody took a hit. And it really came down to, if I have all my manufacturing facilities offshore, I can't do anything if that country gets affected. Um, And so that's really what kind of what we started to see now is a lot of companies have said, hey, I'm bringing this back here because I can do things a little bit differently now. And we've had a lot of really cool advancements that uh, have made some of that offshoring uh, benefit that we used to get not really a benefit anymore. Um, We really started to see some of those costs uh, increase over in uh, some of the previously low cost countries, Uh, just their labor costs have jumped. The time, the lead times to get product has increased significantly. Um, and the cost to get that product across the ocean has has caught, increased as well. So a lot of companies have, have found I can do this pretty much a, a lot of the same price with some better quality, and I can do some things and take advantage of some new technologies to to help separate me. You know, one of the things I'm thinking about is all these uh, ships that were stuck in harbor for like six months or some crazy thing. And all this stuff that had been, had been created, built, uh, assembled, manufactured somewhere, couldn't get to where it needed to get. Did that, what were the ripple effects backwards into the, just the manufacturing, uh, even in, in the supply chain with that? Because it created both a, a glut, uh, that couldn't be, you know, sold, but then also, um, it created scarcity. With those, I imagine, in the supply chain, with those manufacturing finding their sources were stuck on a boat somewhere. It just became this whole thing. Uh, is is that part of what you're sharing where it's like, look, if we kind of stay domestic with this, we eliminate all that, put it on a semi and we're good to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, from the outset, um, you know, China was the very first country that was hit in, yeah. with lockdowns. And um, you started seeing what was normally a one month lead time to get something from China turned into, well, now it's going to take three months just to get it from there to our port. Mm. And now it's stuck in the port. And so now we're going, 
my lead time on a product just to get something to where now if I need if I need a component, for example, just to put into what I'm building, I'm talking a lead time of six, eight months out before I can produce anything. Um, a lot of the electronic chips, for example, really um, became in very, very short supply uh, simply because we couldn't get it over here fast enough. And um, that's really where the all of this reshoring and this onshoring um, really came about is just companies saying, I can do it here. The cost isn't that different anymore. I can be faster to market. Um, I can produce new products quicker simply by having it here. Um, and I can take advantage of um, some changes in robotics and 3D printing and, and things of that nature just to get those products out now um, where if I was relying on a previously offshored uh, site, I'm a year away before I can produce anything. Now I can produce it in a matter of weeks. Interesting. Uh, do you do you feel that there was a status quo that may, I, I, maybe there was this complacency involved where it was what it was because it had been that way for a long time and we were used to it. It was predictable. We could understand it. Uh, and then when there was this big interruption, as you said, it kind of revealed some weaknesses that were already there, but now they really came into focus. Do you find that with that sort of recalibration, the entire, at least in the US, manufacturing industry has had kind of a, I don't know if it's a wake up call, but at least a a, a breath of of new air in how, because what what's happening today, now, will have uh, the next generation will be, this is what things will be like now. The new status quo will be whatever, domestic, or or as you said, automation and robotics. Has that, have you found that that kind of reestablishment has been, has been happening? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the, one of the things you had before is the, this idea of, well, I could send it overseas because it's cheaper. And yeah. you know what, while, yeah, we could make it better here, the quality is not that different. And we could deal with a lesser quality because we're saving so much money over there. And if there's issues with production, I hop on a plane, I can get over there. Well, then we found, hey, I can't actually hop on a plane now because <laughs> nobody's letting me out of the country. Um, so we've got issues there. Well, we've known about those issues, but now they're really big issues because I can't do anything about them here. Um, and that's really the crux of a lot of what's happening is everybody said, I can have so much more control over my production from beginning to end if it's here. And the costs that I'm seeing over there where their labor costs are rising uh, in their in their workforce are now becoming, yeah, they're still less than what we get here, but it's not that big of a difference. And the cost for me to ship it from my domestic facility to, to my partners is a whole lot cheaper now than waiting for it to come across an ocean, get to myself, and then do that shipping anyway. So now our costs have really converged to the point of, yeah, I can actually save money by doing all this. And now I have better oversight. I have better control over my processes. I can make a better product. Mm. Um, I have better control over my own security, my own IP. Mm. All of that stuff really kind of comes into play now. Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. 
ProCFO partners are expert financial officers, networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, ProCFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC Financial Flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com Interesting, as you mentioned, IP, and certainly we've seen that with some of the larger retailers and, and manufacturers and you're thinking Apple, I'm thinking Nike, I'm thinking those, but do you find that that IP protection uh, extends to smaller, you might not think it matters, but it really does kind of manufacturing outfits? Yeah, I think it does. Um, and it's simply because, you know, you you now have better protection of your own trade secrets yeah. because you're here. And when you send it over overseas and offshore, they've got to know certain things just to produce your product. So now they've got those trade secrets with you, it made it very easy uh, in some countries for them to say, hey, our facility is all about, you know, low cost helping out other partners. These aren't the only guys I do business with. I can make a cheaper version for somebody else. And all of a sudden we've just copied it because their IP laws are not as strong as what ours are. And so here we can make sure that we have total control over everything because of the way that we've structured our, our laws here uh, to protect our own IP. And even if we go with a partner to help us do something, it's still protected. And so our trade secrets, because it's all domestic, really, really, really helps um, now in the long run. And you don't see as many um, of those cheap knockoffs. You still get them, um, but it's really, it's a lot harder to produce now um, with everybody moving more onshore. So if I'm a small mid-market manufacturing outfit, uh, and I'm still a little bit in that status quo, I'm still used to doing things a certain way. And I am feeling the pain of that, but I have, I've yet to sort of make a change because whatever, it can be inconvenient. It can be a hassle I might have in my head that it's going to take a whole year of transition or something away. Or, um, I'm I'm started down that road, but I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure how to actually sort of domesticize my my whole situation that I'm used to. Do you have some guidance, some advice? Where do I start? What's what's the first most essential thing that I should rethink when it comes to uh, sort of onshoring uh, what I'm used to offshoring? Yeah, I think I think it really just comes down to um, you know putting aside all of your past kind of understanding of what offshoring meant and say, oh, it's the cheaper option and the product is comparable. You can do the same thing here. Your cost is going to be a whole lot better. Um, it'll be very comparable now to what you could get sending overseas, but your quality uh, will be a lot better because you can control that process. And it's all about your process and how you manufacture the product and what sort of changes you want to make to your business, um, introducing introducing new products, how you take advantage of some of these new advances in uh, the robotics and the 3D printing. And um, some of that stuff is, has really come a, a really long way. I mean, you think about the early 80s, it was so clunky, so difficult. Right. It could only be done in plastic. Um, it was It took forever to do it. You can do 3D printing now in 
24 hours and you basically have every element that you could think of right now to, to produce something. Um, that kind of thing really changes the game for you um, when you can oversee that process yourself and you are don't have to go to another country and manage somebody who might not be your own employee, might just be a partner who's helping you out there. When you do it yourself, you can make sure that your own your own team, your own employees are doing everything the way that it needs to be done, manage that quality control, and really get out a really, really nice product. I'm so glad you mentioned employees. I was just going to ask you about this. What is the, the dynamics are so different when you are you're you're blind to what's happening over there, wherever there is, uh, with folks that are um, working for whoever is over there. It, so they've got their own culture, they've got their own whatever responsibilities, which is cool. That's how that that's how that worked for a long, long time. When you are now, you've got your own team, or even if you're outsourcing, but it's a domestic team. Um, the opportunity for relationships is different. The opportunity for understanding, even for innovation is different. Do you agree when you're able to kind of build something together as a group where you understand the dynamics together rather than here, here's the thing, here's the specs, please build it and ship it back over to us. It's a very different relationship with the actual thing that's being manufactured. Do you agree? Oh, definitely. I mean, you you just think about there doesn't matter where you go, you're gonna have a language barrier if you right. uh, go out to another country. Uh, while we throughout our own country can have different forms of dialect and different ways of um, speaking about the same thing, it's all everybody kind of understands what you're talking about. Um, so as you kind of go through our country, you might have a plant in wherever Seattle and one down in. Uh, Georgia somewhere, you're, you're going to be able to talk the same language still. And you can still manage through the processes because one, you're domestic, getting to each of these, these plants that you might have, if you have multiple plants, isn't as hard for you to do as it is trying to get overseas and, you know, spending that time to go over there. You can kind of go in and out in a day if you need to, just to make things happen. Um, and get everybody kind of on board with the same processes, making sure that everything is consistent because they are your own people. Where if you're outsourcing this and you're offshoring it, they aren't your own people. You can explain the process, yeah. but ultimately you have somebody else who's not part of your own business and your own company who's explaining how to do the process to somebody else. Uh, if you have everybody in your own organization kind of following the same process, and everybody knows what it's supposed to do and how it's what it's supposed to produce and what the quality is supposed to look like. Everybody's on the same page and it just it ends up producing a better quality product. Jeremy Leitzen is a principal over at ProCFO Partners and the manufacturing guy. It's been such an interesting conversation to um, we talk a lot about processes and systems and processes and improving those things, but the the idea of recalibrating the entire sort of how you have been approaching. I love your very first point of a point point of advice uh, was like, rethink what you've been doing because it's a whole different thing uh, than it was. That's valuable guidance and expertise for us today. I'm grateful for your, uh, for you sharing it with us. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.